Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. So as we started the Advent season last Sunday, last week, we spent a little time with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we marveled at this woman's great faith. Uh, We considered three things that Mary said. She said, I am the Lord's servant. She said, I am blessed. And she said, I will remember as she accepted the assignment from God. We saw a person of great faith and great confidence in the Lord. And one of the ways we know that Mary had faith was that she acted on it. She took action. And so that's where we're going to pick up the Advent events today in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. First four books in the New Testament. And Matthew and Luke are the ones that record the the birth narrative of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. It says this, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. Then she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Now we learned in the previous few verses that Elizabeth is her relative and Elizabeth is pregnant with who would become uh, John the Baptist. All right. So she hurried uh, to the house of Elizabeth and greeted her. In verse 41, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So here you have this episode just a few days after uh, the promise of conceiving the Christ child, Mary rushed off to see her relative Elizabeth. All right, it's a few days journey away. Mary's up at kind of in northern Israel. She's in Nazareth. She would have gone south, way south past Jerusalem, down into the Judean hill country, which is to the kind of to the south of, of, of Jerusalem and south of even Bethlehem. And, uh, you know, Mary did not wait for any physical evidence of pregnancy. Right? She just believed and she went. She acted on her faith. And, uh, you know, she, she did not sit around acting like a princess. Oh, wow, I am very favored of God. I should get some special. You know, I think today calls for a spa treatment. That's what today calls for. No, she got up and she went. Right? She was, she was active. And, and listen, I'm going to say this. Some of you, uh, have been called by God to do something. God's prompted something in your heart and in your life and you've never gotten up and gotten to it. And, and, and I'm just telling you, quit stalling. Quit stalling. Uh, get on it because you show your great faith when you take on the assignment that God's given to you. We show faith by action. But this short encounter between Mary and Elizabeth and the unborn John and the barely conceived Jesus, right, is where we're going to linger for a little bit today. We're going to call this message, Come Holy Spirit. Some believers today, honestly, are still afraid of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was because you were raised by talking about the Holy Ghost, which I, you know, I'll agree with you. That sounds a little scary. Um, We're talking about God's Holy Spirit. And some are afraid, some are ignorant of the Holy Spirit. 
And, um, you know, you can talk about anything else under the sun. You could talk for an hour about the NFL, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you know, in this world, you got nothing. And so it need not be that way. The Holy Spirit is the personally resident member of the Trinity. He's your comforter and he's your counselor. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Just three things that we're going to point out from this passage that we just see in these few verses. And the first is simply this, that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. As Mary arrived at Elizabeth's house, there's this remarkable little series of, of micro encounters, right? Mary greets Elizabeth. Baby John jumps for joy in the womb. Elizabeth is, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And in response, she cries out and calls Mary's baby, my Lord. This is really important. The, the Spirit is not drawing attention to himself. He's pointing these women to Jesus, the Messiah, even in utero. It's Elizabeth who's filled with the Spirit. We see that there, which is very special. You know, prior to Pentecost, which happens after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, we see it several times in the Old Testament where someone is, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, but usually the Holy Spirit comes upon them to accomplish a task or a feat of some kind. Something like, for example, you think about Samson. As Samson, every time there's some great feat of strength, it says the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Spirit came upon him and he acted. Or the prophets, the Spirit spoke through them. But here we have Elizabeth, this very special moment of receiving the Holy Spirit. Thanks to Pentecost today, uh, every baptized believer in Jesus has the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we have the Holy Spirit is responding to uh, Jesus in Mary's womb. The Holy Spirit glorifies. Another way to say it would be the Holy Spirit makes great or honors or elevates Jesus, Messiah. And I, I would say this, this is a good test of the work of the Holy Spirit. Is Jesus made greater? Is Jesus made greater? That's a great test. For example, think about uh, if you've got, you know, uh, sort of religious cults that come to your door to try to witness to you and get you to convert and kind of explain things uh, but what they believe. This is always a great test. Is their message glorifying an accurate biblical revelation of Jesus or not. If it's not glorifying biblical Jesus, it's not, it's not Christian. It's really what it comes down to. Uh, the Holy Spirit will always do the work of glorifying Jesus Christ. Um, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. You already love Jesus. You know what you... you, you you love the Father because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, so now we've got, we're, we're two out of three. And the third person, the Holy Spirit, they're all one. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit or His work. He has helped you to worship Jesus better. He's helped, here to help you follow Jesus more effectively, more faithfully. He's helped you to make Jesus known to the nations. That's the work of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus. Now, the next thing I'm going to say about this out of this passage is going to make some of us a little bit uncomfortable. We see it in verse 41. It says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth cried out, right? She tells Mary, her baby, jump for joy. What's happening here? It's the E word, emotion. 
She's emotional, right? Expressiveness. So get ready for this. Emotion is a mark of the Holy Spirit. Emotion is a mark of the Holy Spirit. Now some of us were raised to show as little emotion as possible. Especially in worship. Especially when we gather. Well, I don't want to, you know, draw attention to myself. I, I, don't worry. I don't want you to draw attention to yourself either. I'm, that's not what I'm, I, you know, that's not my concern for you. You, you were raised to, to think that solemn, that worship is to be solemn and austere and, you know, basically as unemotional as possible. Because otherwise it might look proud or it might look self-aggrandizing. But then how do you explain the Bible? How do you explain all the instructions, for example, for worship in the Psalms? Clap your hands. Shout for joy. Make a joyful noise. Play, play all the instruments. Play them loud and play them skillfully. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what, that's the explanation. Right? Verse, Psalm 95 says, come, let us, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. When's the last time you knelt down and worshiped? That's an emotional expression. That's an emotional moment when you kneel down and you bow before the Lord. Right? You think about the Old Testament. There's, the, the temple is built twice in the Old Testament. There's Solomon's temple. It's destroyed by the Babylonians. And then it's rebuilt again in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. And, and at both times you've got lots of emotion. I think especially it's recorded at the building of the second temple. Uh, Ezra chapter 3 says that the, the joyful shouting and weeping mingled together. We're mingling together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. They're like, what is that sound? That's emotion. That's something very real going on. And I know there's always the extreme examples of sort of emotionalism. Uh, but that's honestly, that's more rumor than reality, I believe. Uh, we're not pursuing emotion for the sake of a sensational experience. But don't be afraid of emotion. God's given you emotions. When the Spirit of the Lord is present, you can expect to feel something. You can't. So you have an opportunity to sense that there's something happening. That's emotion, and it's good. If you feel nothing, particularly when we gather and we're in worship together, if you feel nothing, ask the Lord to show you why that is. Ask Him to soften your heart. Ask Him to, to, to reveal or to expose more kind of an emotional experience to you. Um, it, it, it may be joy, it may be sorrow over your sin. It may be awe of, of God's amazing deeds. It might be humble tears. It, it might be joyful laughter. But emotion and the expression of your emotions is good and it's pleasing to God. God created you with emotion, so you need to let it happen. Alright? I sometimes tell the story of about 20 Plus years ago, I, I started, or maybe about 20 years ago, I started a habit of, of devotional journaling, reading the Bible, taking notes, writing down what God was kind of speaking to me through his word. And for the first few years, I was really good at like keeping a table of contents and filling a database on kind of the passage I'd read and the subject of what I'd, what I'd written about. And, and uh, it was fun. It was like super nerdy, whatever. But anyway, uh, I remember there was a point at which a few years in, I kind of looked over all the things that I had responded to in God's word. And I'd responded to discipline, discipleship, leadership, 
faithfulness, like all these kind of austere things. And I realized that out of probably a couple hundred entries, there was maybe twice that I'd written anything about God's love. I thought, well, that's interesting. Why is that? Why am, why am I not experiencing or receiving God's love in God's word for me? And I begin to ask God about that. Lord, I'm missing something here. I'm not experiencing your love. I'm, it's not, I'm not personalizing your love. And after that, as I, as I just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, show me more of your love. I want to know more of that. Also, I began to see it in his word, how God loves his people, how God loves me, how God loves the lost, how God longs for us to be in relationship with him. And it really changed kind of my devotional experience. And so that was in a, that was an experience of moving from very little emotion to greater emotion. So don't be afraid of your emotions. The Holy Spirit um, brings that out in you. Okay. Last thing I want to point out, maybe super obvious to you, but uh, I think it needs to be said again and again, and it's this, that the Holy Spirit is life-affirming. The Holy Spirit is life-affirming. Uh, it's a big week in our nation. I don't know how much you were following the news, but um, the Supreme Court was hearing arguments in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health uh, abortion case. Basically, Mississippi had enacted a law uh, limiting abortion after 15 weeks, that's being challenged in the courts. And the court's deciding whether that's, uh, you know, a reasonable law, whether that law is constitutional. Can they uphold that law or will it be struck down? It's a big deal. Uh, both the pro-life and the anti-life sides are looking for a victory in this. And we won't know the court's decision for, you know, six months, maybe more than six months. Um, so that's something worth continuing to pray for those Supreme Court justices as they weigh this very, very significant decision. What we do know as believers, what we do know is that God is all about life. God is the creator of all life. And every human being is created in the image of God from the very moment of conception. We call it the sanctity, right? The sacredness, the holiness of human life. It breaks our heart any time a pregnancy is lost, whether through miscarriage or through termination. And I'll, listen, I'll admit, there are possibly some rare exceptions where an abortion is medically necessary, but it's very rare. And for anyone who's experienced that, my heart goes out to you. I know that was not your hope and desire. I get that, right? And this subject is so hard to talk about because in any group, in any room like this, there's a number of us, something this statistically, something like 25 to 35% of us have somehow been involved uh, in, uh, well, probably more like 50% have been involved in the loss of a pregnancy, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So it's super emotional. We talk about emotions. This is an emotional subject. It's hard to talk about uh, because we, so many of us have been impacted. And I want you to know about the grace of God for healing. Those of you who have lost a child, I want you to know that you're looking forward to the day when you're going to see them, right? God's holding that precious one for you. Don't forget that. The day's going to come where you'll be reunited. There's the grace of God for forgiveness if that's required or that if that's part of your story. But I know that God's heart is for life. 
And we see it in this encounter that the Holy Spirit is life-affirming, right? When Mary arrived, Luke writes, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, right? The word child is a Greek word, brephos. Uh, it, it's a word that's used both for fetus and for infant. It's sort of interchangeable from that from that language. It was indistinguishable. It's it's a baby here and it's a baby in the arms, right? And and um, God's words telling us is that that the baby in the womb is a child with intrinsic personal human value. That in pregnancy, a woman is carrying a unique, precious human life don't forget that but also as elizabeth is filled with the holy spirit she asked why am i so honored that the mother of my lord should visit me well this is interesting mary has only just conceived she heard the word from the angel within a few days she's on the road maybe it's a two to three day journey to visit elizabeth so it's a week week and a half at the most right and she feels nothing. There's no physical evidence. There's no, you know, she, she hasn't had any morning sickness yet, probably. <laughs> right? She feels totally her regular self. And yet, Elizabeth, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, calls her a mother. Doesn't call her a pregnant person or a future birthing person, right? She calls her a mother. Specifically, the mother of my Lord. Elizabeth, Jesus as a tiny embryo, right? You know, there's some muffins. We got a bunch of muffins back there and there's some poppy seed muffins. They're saying at this stage, Jesus is smaller than one of those poppy seeds in the poppy seed muffin. And Elizabeth is worshiping him as her Lord. That's a remarkable affirmation of life. You need to know that. And he's identified as who he is. And so is Mary as a mother. So when a woman is pregnant, from the moment of conception, she's a mom. She is. And those of you, again, those of you who've who've lost a child, maybe you were a mom. And you are a mom to that one. Even though that one's in heaven, you're a mom. Right? You need to know that. And, And because she's already raising that child in utero. And the father of the child is already a dad. And, and he's gonna, you know, he's called already to fulfill his role of providing for and protecting both mom and baby. And Zechariah and Joseph are excellent examples of this. The Holy Spirit is life-affirming and has been present from the beginning of all life. The Bible introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Get this, the Holy Spirit is introduced to us in the very second verse of the, of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we, we, we meet the Holy Spirit. And what's the Spirit doing? It says this, The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over or brooding over the surface of the waters. The Holy Spirit's there. About to birth life. Jesus through whom everything was created. Right? The value of life in the womb is not a political matter. But the fact that political parties have largely drawn their battle lines around life, the sanctity of life, tells you that at a core, at our core gut level, we know this is important. We know this is vital. Fundamentally, and, you know, is a baby a unique human life before it's born? Yes. Does it have sacred value 
The Holy Spirit says yes. And we agree, yes. And as believers, we affirm the Holy Spirit who affirms life. I think, Christy, you've got one closing song for us today. I invite you forward for that. So with this little conversation today, we, we might be tempted to just leave this whole encounter in the past, right? Well, this is 2,000 years ago. It's Mary and Elizabeth. I don't really, I've never been there. I don't really know what it's like. It's great. It's in the Bible. It's good. And yet the same Holy Spirit who filled Elizabeth and the same Holy Spirit who inspired John to jump for joy in the womb is the same Holy Spirit with us right now, right here and right now. Today's message is not an entire theology of the Holy Spirit, right? This this interaction with Elizabeth and Mary is just a glimpse. I don't have time to talk about, well, how are we filled with the Holy Spirit? And what about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And what about the work of conviction? And what about the work of comfort? And what about the work of guiding us in all truth? And what about the work of counsel? I, we, we, we're not going to go into all of that today, but we, we catch this little glimpse in this passage. It's worth knowing that the Holy Spirit will make His presence known any place where He is welcomed. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will make His presence known any place where He is welcomed. And we welcome the Holy Spirit by glorifying Jesus, by worshiping Him. You know, at the 1030 service today, you're going to see this whole bunch of cuteness on this platform here as kids start bringing us our Christmas program. And, you know, it all culminates. The high point is what? back there somewhere, the manger and the the baby in it. We're here to glorify, to elevate, to lift up Jesus. Right? We welcome the Holy Spirit by engaging our emotions in worship, as hard as that might be for you. We engage our emotions in our relationship with God. We welcome the Holy Spirit by celebrating and affirming life. We don't control the Holy Spirit, but we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in this place. Not just this place, but this place here. Are you welcoming the Holy Spirit in your own life, in your own heart? Can you say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, I'm making a space for you. I'm creating a platform for you. Christy, come on forward and we're going to sing that song. I'm just going to pray. God, I, as we just conclude our service, Lord, I pray that we would no longer think of Holy Spirit as some impersonal force. But Lord, we would realize that God, Holy Spirit, is resident with us and present in this place and present in, present in the life of every believer. And God, we want to, we want to join with you in affirming life and we, we don't want to hold back. We want to be okay with showing a little emotion. And we want to glorify Jesus with you. So Holy Spirit, we say, you're welcome here. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.